0: to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy and Ben Slowey, And joining me today, I've got a drummer, a teacher, uh, plays with his own trio, um, who is, I believe, dropping a record soon, uh, which I'll look forward to uh, checking out. We're going to talk about that. Also drums in the folk band Field Report. Uh, We're going to talk about his artistry, passion, and why he does what he does. Devin Drobka, thank you. (sighs) for yeah. joining me today. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. How did I do? Did I do a good job with the uh,
1: the intro? The intro is, is, is great. <laughs> oh, I always like, it's always the thing where I'm just like, I wonder how much they know, you know, because I've been on some interviews where <laughs> or in situations where they're just like, yeah, you know, so I've just never, I didn't even check out any of your music. And I was like, all right. <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you can't do that. You can't, I,
0: that's, that's like breaking the number one rule as a journalist or as uh, the host of a show. <laughs> you got to do your research. You got to. Right. I'll go. I go as far as I try to listen to at least like, you know, if you have like a record out, for example, I try to listen to at least half of it so yeah. I know yeah. what you're doing here. <laughs> um uh, yeah you can't um yeah that's um no you have to uh be well versed in how
1: you like make your guests feel acknowledged (laughs) yeah I mean I'm also down if somebody's just like yeah I don't I don't know and I'm like yeah cool man well like (laughs) like, again dude who the hell are you like what's your deal it's like we could just hang out you know and uh you know yeah it's cool so i appreciate it man <laughs>
0: yeah well Devin, uh, to start how's your day going so far
1: yeah it's good i uh tuesdays are uh i recently started a master's program down at northern illinois university where um sure. i have a ta position right now and tuesday is like my day off so i'm like i take full advantage of that i i have a pretty slow going day and I've had um, I've just been teaching some lessons and then I have to do a workshop later tonight for the Milwaukee Jazz Institute and Tuesday's kind of my day to like recharge a little bit so I'll try to get outside usually go to a park and do that early in the morning and so it's been good man it's uh, yeah I you know tried I, I, I've over the past year I started a gratitude journal. Or and it's something I I keep every day and I, it's it really helps me even if I I didn't write in it today but in the days leading up to it I I try to write in it every day and even just the act of that makes me wake up and have uh, better transitions into the morning and stuff just because I can I'm more perceptive to like it's like oh it's sunny out and it's really beautiful and you know keeps keeps me going so yeah, certainly it's been, been an all right yeah. day.
0: Good, good. I'm glad. Yeah, it's, um, it is a very beautiful day out. Um, I think we're on the tail end of beautiful days here, yeah. as it will settle <laughs> into full on fall chilliness. Right, um, right. <laughs> which I'm honestly, I'm not complaining. I, I think uh, we had a really hot summer and uh, yeah. I'm ready for some uh, cool air to be uh, breezing through my windows.
1: Yeah, i am am a I'm a four seasons fan. You know, I like I like the I like the pace. I, I can feel everything slowing down, which which is my general mood. So <laughs> I uh, I'm into it. So yeah. totally,
0: yeah. Um, but and I'm glad that uh, you have the uh, the gratitude journal thing going because, especially in this tumultuous hellscape of a year we have been enduring. Yeah. You know, it can be, be easy to, uh, you know, feel a lack of control over your surroundings or like struggling to find the, uh, the things that, you know, bring you even just little joy or immense joy, like yeah. just sort of like, you know, um, reflecting on those and, and putting them down into words, like, yeah. I think is a very helpful exercise in you know so much chaos going around where you don't even there's so much going on it's hard to even like compartmentalize you know
1: right yeah I I mean I found for yeah the act of of just the action of of allowing yourself to acknowledge something is is incredibly powerful and it's something that as i'm watching the the fringes of society um, which you know i i think society has always been decaying in, in ways or the the modernity the idea of modernity around it is a yeah. very complex structure but by just taking time to you as a conscious being to be like if the wind hits your face and you derive joy from it write it down or say like say that Like just get it out because we don't do, we don't take time in our day to do that. And we don't take time out of just a second to maybe be with a friend and be like, man, did you just feel how great that breeze was? And you just think like you're, you're putting that acknowledgement and that gratefulness and that gratitude back into the world. And it's that energy that permeates. And I think, you know, right now with as dark and as, as, as much negative energy there is, um, I have to combat it and caress it with, with better energy. And that's where like that idea of writing it down and um, allowing myself to, to say those things and change my speech and change my patterns. Nobody else is going to do that for me. That's so I, I also, the journal is, is really holding me accountable for going deeper into myself to find what are the things that I just skated over for years, just, even like, you know, (laughs) waking up and just being grateful to like have um, a window to feel the breeze first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many people even think that far ahead. Like, I started to think it's like, holy shit, man, I I have a room I'm in. Like, and the immense gratitude I have for that. Like, that's insane. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like little things, whereas for 34 years of my life, I could have given two shits. Maybe subconsciously, I was like, yeah, but totally. I, ne- I never would have said it out loud. Or if I was talking to my friend earlier in the day, I was like, man, you know, I just like had this realization today. And then I shared that with them. And they're like, whoa, man, yeah, you know what? And then now our dialogue changes, you know, so I think its it's little things that can go a long way. But the initial act of getting there is I had to live a life that was non, non-acknowledging of gratitude to take, like, kind of pull me like, Hey man, maybe you should slow down a second and take a, take a breath, you know, look, yeah, you know,
0: certainly. Oh yeah. Like,
1: um, yeah, I,
0: uh, you know, as I've endured through a multitude of uh, mental health struggles over the, last you know five six years like it really did kind of uh instill that in me as well where you do have to allow yourself space to feel things and to also you know uh build that self-awareness of you know the space you're occupying what you are sensing what kinds of pleasure or validation or just um, social interactions or just other area, whatever area in your life you feel requires maintenance. Like most at that point is to listen to yourself when you're, when your body's telling you, Hey, like you need to take an off day. Like you're burning yourself out or, Oh, you haven't talked to your friends in like three or four days. Like maybe it's time to text them and make plans or, Oh, you know, you, uh, like you uh, have enough time this week to do like x amount of podcasts and you you should do them because you don't know when the next opportunity is going to come around mm-hmm. to like talk to certain people and so yeah like that spatial mindfulness is um so important especially right now when like you said there's a lot of um there's these uh visceral forces in this world that are charging a lot of negative emotions right now like i had to like remind myself this year hey remember bird watching you you like bird watching you you enjoy birds and you like being out in nature you need to go do that more this year so yeah, i did, yeah. like i actually got <laughs> back into bird watching this year yeah. like because that's a pastime that i appreciate and it's regrouping with yourself um, with like those little like with leisurely activities or otherwise just um, little just uh, sources of pleasure, um, whether that is the a, a slight breeze or whether it is you know your favorite snack that uh, you chose to enjoy or the opportunity to have a good conversation with somebody, um, holding on to that more than ever right now because these are dark times my friend
1: yeah 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 and i'm sure we'll see more but right now it's it's very interesting to be incredibly conscious and aware of it at wherever like life stage we're at you know Um, yeah so it's Yeah. yeah it's yeah it's definitely uh yeah i try not to think about what the other end's gonna look like but i i like I said, you can show up every day and try to try to help it (laughs) for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. So Devin, what we talked about on Mr. Nice guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And uh, so I've known, I've known of you for a while now because um, field report was one of the first Milwaukee bands I ever listened to. Sweet. Oh yeah. Um, Well, I, I, I've been in Milwaukee for six years now, but it's only been really only like the past, like three or so when I really started like, you know, subscribing to like local music and stuff. Um, as you get more comfortable, like I was obviously in school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I knew a field report, um, folk project uh, that has, um, Seen some uh, pretty high recognition, which is awesome, and yeah, yeah. Uh, we can definitely talk about the band more. Um, but we met—we first met in person, I believe. Was it was in January or February? Yeah. It was it was at the Jazz Gallery uh, when um, you did a improv set um, right. with a couple musicians?
1: Was it a was it on I'm trying to think. Was it on a Sunday, or was it on? Was it like I was with a band, or? I'm it, trying to...
0: it was. I believe it was on a Sunday. Yes.
1: Okay. I it wonder if that, that was the Seed Sounds group or something like that, or. Not... Might have been. I know that Frenia and Eli Smith also performed sets that night. Oh yeah, so I I might have played with a sax trio then that night. I okay. So I think so. I. This is coming. January seems incredibly far away <laughs> i was just like what <laughs> um man yeah i remember that show yeah i think yeah no i played with collector i played in a piano trio that night i remember that gig yes. Yep. because frenia did um all the lights were off and they were just sh- oh man that show was amazing oh, i man. shout yeah. out to
0: frenia those guys yep. are awesome
1: yes i um there, there are some of the reasons in this town. I, I, I love, I, yeah, I love this city for that reason. And, you know, for everybody that's like the Milwaukee has this like incredibly complex, like self-hating thing that I'm just like, I've participated in too, cause I'm from here, but I, I found that, uh, man, Milwaukee is just so dumb. It's like, man, do you, do you guys realize what you really have? And then it's on an individual to be like, Yo, this is like, and I've lived in New York and Boston. I've toured all around the world. Like, look, I've seen some shit. And like, those dudes are throwing down on such a high artistic level. And I'm around, I'm around a lot of art scenes and I'm, a, I'm around a lot of the cool cats. And I'm like, how come you all aren't showing up? What's going on? And you guys are complaining. Uh, my number one rule, and all my students know this, is like nobody's allowed to complain because yeah. that just means you're lazy don't get get in that shit man go you don't need to text your friends to go to a show go to a show man
0: dude yeah i go to most of my shows by myself because of that exact reason like i don't like there's no point in relying on others to uh, make it a social catalyst like if i want to go see a show i will be at shows (laughs) like by myself most of the time Mm -hmm. and i'll do it three nights of the week
1: right Yeah, I I, I just I just remember that show because I was just I was sitting there and I was just I remember that set just being so blown away by like, the amount of vulnerability and expression. And I was like, man, maybe that's why people don't go out. Maybe people are so, so fragile, man, people are so scared to just push themselves to be like, you know what, I am so open right now. I want to go live life. I want to go see something that instagram cannot provide me in this very moment or that netflix can't provide me in this moment because that shit's just filler man i mean i don't know i i get i get a little i get edgy on this subject because i'm around all these like progressive in like i don't know how we choose to present ourselves and i'm just like man i never see you guys at like <laughs> like anything dude i man you're
0: you're really speaking into some uh, deeply rooted gripes that (laughs) I also have had with the music scene in in the sense that I love it very much, but people don't realize what we have here. And uh, they do take it for granted that, or they they kind of remain in pockets of the music scene. And uh, I never really understood that. Like, I never understood why... You know, people only are interested in like they just love playing shows with their friends all the time. Or yeah. they only go see the bands that like they know, but they don't stay for the rest of the bands that yeah. are playing that night to go to meet new people and find new music. And yeah. I like I like that's all that's all part of like the enjoyment of the scene is that there's yeah. so much new always happening. And, uh, and you go see a band like Frenia who right. uh, have such a uh, distinctive postmodern philosophy on sound and music and uh, structure Yeah, man. that like, y'all even like know this, you can like walk right down the street and see this shit and be blown away yeah like i yeah i mean i think there is so much integration yeah. that uh will continue that continue needs doing yeah seen here because people really do need to continue opening their minds up
1: yeah and that you know i i when i moved back 8 years ago i started unrehearsed mke as a as a pushback against that and through that, like a bunch of other series and a lot of bands started. And that was my goal is uh, when I moved back to town was to try to bridge some more of the musical gaps and it doesn't need to be like a cool kids club or anything like that. It just is like, for me, it, it comes down to a simple aesthetic of are you curious and are you willing to invest in yourself? Yeah. It has nothing to do with style. It has nothing to do with the venue, being seen, which gets caught up in what it means to be an audience member and participation. It really has to come down to be like, are you comfortable with yourself enough, man? Like, and I, I, I don't know, man. I thought my buddy, Steve Gallum, who him and Barry Clark now are, are curating it. Steve would always say like, oh, this stuff weeds out the hacks, man. And I was like, you know what? That's true, man. And but that's like, what I take that if I was to then translate that further is it weeds out people that would like the facade to remain intact, but aren't willing to be like, hey, man, I, I'm not like, I don't know, or I'm not comfortable and being like, hey, man, it's cool. I'll Let me let me introduce you. Let me help you. So once again, it's also a form of community building that was the biggest thing it was like man well what's a community for then like the community is here to help one another you need help like discovering new bands here we are man we're all trying to figure it out it's not like we have it figured out or this group over here is on its own island it's like well man this comes down to like choice it comes down to like do you or do you not want to and if you don't you should be very explicit not this like gray area that I'm tired of. Just be like, no, I don't wanna do that. And then you, you know what your intentions are. And I think the problem with like smaller scenes or communities would be the idea that it, the intention is not explicit. The intention is masked in like, well, is there gonna be beer there? It's like, man, why? Or how many,
0: how many people are gonna be there?
1: That shouldn't matter if if I mean, if you're if you need those things, that's what you should say. It's like, actually, no, I need this, this and this. And if those are not there, then I'm not going. But then I, you know, I would just be like, okay, man, well, what you're selling as your brand or your image might not fit with how I'm seeing it, then you're kind of, I call it, it's like you pick and choose what you want Jesus to be to fit your ideologies, you know? <laughs> that's, that's a good uh, analogy, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want this bit. Nah, I don't really want to hear the part about loving other people. I just kind of want right. this little chunk, you know, like, you know, right. things like that, of that, whatever that ideological ilk would be, that's kind of what I, I get at with with how I see it. Now, whether that's true or not, it, I'm going off of a feeling, but it's when I've talked to a lot of people in the music community here, or as I've gone and toured and people look to me as a representative of the city. Cause they're like, Whoa, we see you're doing all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, man, some days are better than others. You know, it's like, I'm trying, but I'm thankful to live in a city that, um, if people would like to participate, it could be fucking brilliant. It could be really brilliant. And, um, I've, I, I Yeah, I mean, some people are really like, oh, we gotta get everybody doing this. And I'm like, you know what? It's not my job to force people to feel and do a certain way. The real energy and the real power comes from when they decide to change their consciousness and they're like, you know what? This is important to me. So now you have people that are taking initiative and God knows we need more people (laughs) in the world that are just willing to even push themselves a little farther You know, because like, if I really looked at what is my standard of good enough, that's at a plateau of a certain amount of people. And even what my standard might be, there's a tier then of people above me that are like, man, that's not even good enough. So it's like, it's all like, it's all perspective, you know? So for me, like when I'm sorry, the sun is like just going to town. (laughs) When, 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 when I'm, when I'm around people that are like, well, this is like, yeah, this is good enough and I'm just like is it though is that is that it like that's that's it I guess that's it then but right once yeah. again it's it's for me it's an issue of explicit statement or like this kind of like uh like the yeah the, the gray zone which is like the gray zone then would be like well what do you think you need to work on personally then what is the real issue You know, and, and, you know, I mean, like I said, when (laughs) after living in really expensive cities and I'm just like, oh my gosh, rent is this. And you can, you could create this, like, like my biggest thing I would tell people when they would give me gripe about stuff, I'd be like, how come people in New York are under more pressure and it costs more, but they're creating more art that makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense to me. And people couldn't answer that. They're like, "Oh, I don't know." And I'm like, "Man, your rent's three hundred dollars. Okay, my friends were paying like eight fifty for like an eight by seven room, and like composing every day worked like five. Like, I don't know, man. It was so. What is that? What is that? What is that feeling? What is that? New York? No, it's not New York. That's circumstantial of like." Layers and layers of like housing and like just crazy multitudes of things. But why would somebody put themselves in that situation? It makes no sense. But then like I came back because I wanted a better quality of life. But I saw the other side of the drive where you're like, shit, if I have this much space, let's get to work because that can go away in an instant. And I don't know if people realize that. Or once again, I'm grateful for having those experiences. I'm also grateful for not having a ton of those pressures right now so that I can create more. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. uh, It's not so much a tirade as much as it is just, you are passionate about the, uh, the actualization of our creative scene and communities. But I mean, I would share very similar sentiments to you. And for for many reasons, and i and you know I'd echo you know a lot of the things you said about just yeah like what are you in it for, and what are your values? What are your intentions? Like, where like, are you establishing comfort zones in um, your interaction with uh, the music scene and whatever? But I think another thing, and kind of what you were saying earlier about like the whole like facade thing. You know, I think that especially stems a lot from, like, it's it's people that are very, like, idealistic Hmm. about how they view themselves in relation to other artists in the city or other bands or, you know, other initiatives and think, like, I'm pretty good at what I do but why am I not being noticed yet or why am I not being played on the radio or why am I not being why are more people that we don't know coming to our shows hmm. and you, you you think well and I know this because I mean I've covered hundreds of shows right <laughs> it's like well you have to like you have to return that investment to others if you hope to see it for yourself. And like, you can't just expect, you can't expect anything organic recognition um, without exerting your own effort to appreciate the fact that we even have a music scene and that we have renowned publications or a great radio station like 88.9 or Fantastic venues like Cactus Club that uh, foster these these mm-hmm. cultures of appreciation and exchange wow. of art and uh, if you're not like going to shows every weekend or if like you're not you know if you're not like listening and actively consuming local art if like you're really just going to the shows that you play then I don't really know what to tell you all the time because it's like at least like i mean i get that some people have really busy and chaotic yeah. lives you know i get that for sure but how are you interacting with those that are in the exact same position as you how are you interacting with them and uplifting them and empowering them um because that's what you would want for yourself right, right. and uh, it's nice being um you know, doing breaking and entering has been great mm-hmm. because we get to sort of facilitate Um, a lot of the um, just uh, we we get to sort of oversee a lot of those like interconnectedness of everything going on in Milwaukee music like in terms of you know DIY and like home recording projects or you know the punk scene or the hip hop artists that are working together or the improv and noise scenes or the you know just like we get to see a lot of the interconnectedness and it's it's great doing it because now it's like i feel like i always have uh recommendations or suggestions or or potential uh connections made on deck all the time it's like if you want to go see a really dope noise set go to the jazz gallery and see an f-tam show if you want to go see a killer. Uh, punk show and uh, get out some really cathartic energy go see a snag show if you want to go see really energetic hip-hop then go to an event that uh, mk expanded is doing or if you want to you know just get really fucked up and enjoy some really good honky-tonk music go see Hughes family band at high dive like there's so many different um It's it's nice because it's like you kind of know who operates who operates in what capacity in the scene and like how and sort of putting the pieces together like a puzzle and like okay, well this you know this kind this pocket of the scene like requires more attention like on her site or maybe like you know these bands looking to get into more venues that well, maybe they should start with reaching out to some DIY space owners and getting in their names there. And then uh, that can lead to more gigs at venues and stuff, you know, and, um, and it's been very rewarding doing that because like you, you really grow to understand the music scene inside and out and like understanding, like, you know, there, there is a bit of an ego and a pride problem in uh, uh, in several different uh, spheres.
1: Yeah. But, I, and I don't think that stuff changes. It's just... Uh, the, I think Yeah, the that lang- exists
0: everywhere. That exists lang- everywhere.
1: Just the language gets different, depending. Like, I, I mean, I, I met people in New York and L.A. where you're like, <laughs> whoa. Like, egos in L.A., totally different vibe because it's just how... The ego comes out in a very different way, where you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Well, it exactly. kind of blindsides you, where you're like, "Am, am I nobody now?" Like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, like I thought I was. I, I mean, I thought I knew something about you know soda. I don't know. Like now, I just yeah. feel like shit. I just like. Yeah, but point being is
0: that you know I firmly believe we have a vast gold mine. Of talented individuals and very masterful artists in many different capacities. We have something for everyone here, but are we going to choose to, like, you know, uplift one another and uh, continue that re- redistribution of resources and connections? Or are we just going to dwell on the fact that? you know, nothing's happening in yeah. Milwaukee, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. like,
1: yeah, and, and it's just, it's just a matter of really changing the language around it for me, I mean, being, being on the, the, the teaching side of things, I, I, I see so many different sentiments, and, like, I, um, I, I mean, I, I just listen a lot, I just keep, you know, I, I get around situations, and I just listen, and I hear for commonalities that are happening, and, like, yeah, it's just the language around it, man. People just need to rethink their, their choice in language and then how their language affects them and how their language then affects everything, you know? Because if they're telling their friends, nah, nothing's happening, then I don't know. I don't know who their friends are, but their friends might be gullible. And they're just like, oh yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, if they said there's nothing happening, there's definitely nothing happening. So it's like an issue yeah. of like, once again, why I I at least... In when I work with some of my students, I really try to push them to develop aesthetics, personal aesthetics. It's like what what is deep inside of you, because at the end of the day, if you're not curious, man, I don't know what we're gonna do then. You know, if you're just gonna listen to whatever Joe Schmo says, like man, do some research. Get, like you know, you tr- develop your aesthetics, like. And aesthetics doesn't mean, like, I prefer, like, blaze over blue and gray, you know? It's like, no, I, pre- like, this is how I would like to carry myself. This is my yeah. aesthetic, you know? Yeah. And that's, like, sometimes I think, yeah, maybe it's an issue of aesthetics for some people. Maybe nobody has it. Maybe some people have no aesthetics, and or their aesthetics are so, like, lower vibration that they don't even know, you know? I don't know. Yeah. But, that takes per- that takes personal development. I think it takes a lot of um, kind of abstract critical thinking that way, you know, like, are you, it's like, am I happy complaining? Or am I happy living in that zone?
0: Yeah.
1: Or are you like, man, you know what? I, no, actually, I just say that because I'm fearful, you know, really going in and, and diving into some areas of the parts of us that might be pretty frightening, but, Actually, that's where all the beauty lies, you know. It's, it's just surrounded by things that we've calloused around it. So uh, we need to prod at it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Devin, I, I, we've talked for, like, it's not, it's, uh, <laughs> we haven't even dove into um, your own personal aesthetics <laughs> and artistry. So I think that is a good segue to ask you when music really kind of all started for yourself as a creative outlet uh wow uh
1: probably probably in fourth grade when i when when i went to elm creative arts down on walnut street um i yeah i was able to join band and i i always wanted to play drums and um, i grew up in a musical household like my my mom's mom when we were little, played piano and sang and played accordion and sang. And then my dad uh, plays guitar, like really great kind of John Prine, would sing a bunch of John Prine and other tunes like that. Um, none of them were professional musicians, but it was just around. But yeah, around fourth grade is when I started lessons and I I got into drum set right away. And um, I, yeah, I just loved it. And I, I, I would play duo with my dad a bunch, you know, like, so that was like some of my first experiences was and i never questioned it too and they never told me what music should be or shouldn't be i think i just always had an an unquestioning feeling that music was just a part of life and i really think my early experiences at elm creative arts um for uh, it's it's sad that we devalue art so much um but i was fortunate to have gone to a school at a time when the funding and everything was really valued, and they showed you a life that was like, look, we could dance, we can sing, you can still do math, you can read. Here's this music class, here's band class, here's drama class. And it's this whole conception of life. It's, a, it's, it's, it's all connected, you know, but it's like as... as And that was something for me as a creative outlet. It's like, Oh, I could do this or I could play the drums this way, or I could do this. There was really nobody being like, "Eh, don't do it like that. You know, which, um, I was thankful for. And then, uh, yeah, I middle school and then high school, I was playing in bands and then I, uh, I remember going to the Globe East for the first time, which for any diehard Milwaukee fans, that, that dates me. When my freshman year of high school, I went to the Globe East to see this band Small Brown Bike at a matinee show right after school. And it blew my mind. I was like, I want to play in bands. And I saw that and I saw that show and uh it blew my mind. And I, I started a band in high school, and then Mark Solheim, who was booking it at the time, who now does uh I think Pabst Riverside group or Turner and all that. Yeah. Mark found our band on Milwaukee rocks and asked us to open some shows. And that like, man, I remember opening for a sold out show for the distillers. We opened for trial by fire and all of these bands. And I was just, man, it was amazing. I I was a part of like, you know, we would go see shows at Legion halls and in church basements at the globe East at all these places. And, Um, It was beautiful. And then I got involved in the metal community and I played in a band called Reign of Rune. And then I met guys that um, Jeff and Andy Silverman and uh, that were part of Seven Days of Samsara. And then I joined their band Basio. And so that was like towards the end of my senior year of high school. And And then um, I got way into jazz. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't, I could have given two shits about that music until I was forced to be in jazz band two. And we were playing a Duke Ellington song and my mind went blank. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it was this strange moment where for the first time I questioned everything I knew. And um, now I'm sitting in front of you from that journey. (laughs) So that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it played out really for me was like I you know yeah I was I was yeah very thankful for music it's it's basically brought brought me everywhere I've I've really ever been and to most of the people I've 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 met so I'm I'm internally grateful for it so
0: absolutely that's awesome Evan. um it's it sounds like you um have had a very uh layered tenure in music, you know, you <laughs> yeah, play a lot of different styles, and uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, that's always uh, you know, uh, it's great to have like such a multifaceted uh, uh, approach to playing. So, um, what was your inception into jazz then?
1: Yeah, I just like I said, I had that strange experience in um, in high school you know, and then I was like, man, I think I I wasn't going to go to music school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had an art scholarship. I had a, I had a nice photography scholarship to go study at the San Francisco Art Conservatory. And um, I I didn't take it. I was like, man, I think I want to play drums, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, my dad and mom were like, all right. Like, my dad especially was like, what are you talking about, man? And um, but there was something inside of me that was like, I didn't think about doing art as a job and I was like man I I, I'm this is the first time I ever was like I don't know like wow I'm getting pushed like I I could listen to metal records and I, I taught myself stuff by ear like I just taught myself I was like cool I'll do that and I did or like I could listen to a hot water music record and figure out all the drum parts in my head and I'll just sit down and do it it wasn't like I was like Oh, the things I love! I'll be able to figure out. But yes. this thing, I don't know. Something about the first time I questioned sound, or I was like, "Well, what is? Why does that sound make me feel this way? And what are they doing? And what are they, what now? What's happening on this Miles Davis record? What's happening on this record?" And in in a in a circuitist route, it, it brought me back to understanding m- then more about my role as a as a as a drummer from America, from a long lineage of, of, of Black American music, of this idea of like, whoa, the drums have, like the drum set was invented here. I've played drum set most of my life, but for a core, like for half of my life, I don't know where the instrument really came from. And maybe in some ethereal sense, uh, the music spoke to me in a way that was like, hey, man, you, n- you might need to figure out the roots of this a little bit more. And it's been so great. And it's been incredibly challenging. And um times I want to quit. I've wanted to quit music so many times. I was like, and I told my students that I'm like, man, I'm not even lie. I wanted to quit so many times. But the, anytime I've wanted to quit, more things start happening. And so I'm just like, you know what? Until the well dries up and nothing is speaking to me or I don't wake up wanting to go touch my instrument. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it because, um, I, I do really enjoy it. But, um, yeah, like jazz has been this, um, very strange, strange affair. That's really pushed me to know myself a lot more. And, and it, it begs the question, what are you trying to do every day? it, It begs that question to me. It's like, did you mean that? Why don't you try that again? That wasn't that, that was pretty unclear. Why don't you try it like this? Do you know that song? No? Okay, why don't you try again? It just keeps asking. So I, I and I'm a little obsessive about process. So I think I've, I've also fallen in love with practicing and practice is very different for everybody. But um, yeah, I've never encountered another art form that requires so much of me. Yeah, if you really listen, if you listen to it, and, and maybe this will just go, if you let music speak to you in a way, if you learn to really listen, not just like, I'm gonna put a, a Wilco record on and be like, yeah, I'm listening. No, but like really take a chance to be like, wow, this is a speech coming at me. Am I, am I actually hearing what it is saying and right. giving it a shot at changing my life? Then yeah, music is a, an incredibly powerful catalyst. You know, right? Are you are you sure.
0: placing yourself into the airwaves as yeah. they as they come and uh, really like, yeah, just living vicariously through the music. Um, mm-hmm. and that's something that I try to be doing as well, like as an active listener of music, like especially when I'm like, you know, doing the write ups every day of like how I feel or what I'm the imagery that uh comes to mind, the place I put myself in once like I'm consuming a piece of music, like that's that's sort of the whole idea. Is that, yeah, like where like that's part of being the active listener for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, and it's something that I, you know, I I, I think a lot of people know me for doing that, but it's it's very it, yeah. Like today I was, I was on a call with a guy from Ithaca, New York, who's a pretty prolific songwriter. He just found a video of me on YouTube and it was like, Hey man, I, I would like to, to work with you. I need some help. Um, I, I want to try some new things. And so once again, by questioning my aesthetics and, and taking risks, I always bring this up to my students. It's like, man, you guys got to take some risks. If you're going to truly learn anything, you have to take risks. And you have to accept that you're not good at everything. You have to accept that and stop being something you're not, but you'll never know that until you take a risk about it. And I never knew, like, you know, I was just like, wow, all those risks are all the times I had self-doubt or the times I was like, man, I'm not, I'm just not. You never know who it's going to reach, but I I never regret any of those moments where I I took some pretty brave, like some pretty big risks. You know like i'm gonna do this right now yeah. and sometimes it doesn't work man you can't please everybody and why should you that's insane um but yeah it's like in the end trying to discover who you are and trying to be the best person you can you can be for humanity uh, i'm so thankful for this art form and for the the masters and the legends that came before me that have have been paving that way, so I, I you know I, I really try to emphasize that to the people I work with. Like, don't you know, have fun and yes, love what you do, but please know that people died over this music, and people died over music, so that I, you know I'm here playing it. Essentially, you know, like I so you know try to try to have some. Re- Think about gratitude or reverence you know try to be yeah. like wow okay cool I'm a part of this now yeah. you know like yeah be a part of it or not if you're not ready for that then maybe like don't do it you know yeah that's the beautiful thing about music too it doesn't need you to play it you know yeah. that's that's yeah. The cool thing, you know that's like that's the cool thing about it it's just like okay there's gonna be other people that'll just pick up the torch and be like I got it you know right so yeah
0: That's absolutely right. Um, Yeah, I mean, people like same, that's kind of how I perceive things like, you know, journalism and broadcasting and, you know, doing this. It's like, there's so many people that, you know, went through such like trials and tribulations to bring us, you know, um, platforms to tell stories on. Right. Um, and to hear folks' stories with. And, uh, and like, you know, I have to recognize the privilege I have to have a platform like this to uh, help uplift and share other people's stories. I mean, I'm a, like, I'm a cisgender white male. And thinking about how that, you know, has, how I've benefited from that, too. And that can be an uncomfortable thing for many um to acknowledge but um but these are conversations to have because without them you know then uh, you know society doesn't move forward as it should right. right. so um so that all being said Devin, uh tell me about um just uh the the jazz
1: the trio that you have, the last Bell Dance. I guess, yeah, the last record under my name. Yeah, that was God. Was that two years ago? Maybe three. Then I have no idea. Seems yeah, like, um, something like that Amaranth. That one, yes.
0: Uh, Amaranth came out. I believe it came out. I think it said twenty eighteen. But oh, damn, I um, hope so. yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even really me, remember. Yeah, tell me about uh, Bell Dance and uh, how the project has evolved
1: yeah so that started uh when I was living out in new york and um the name bell dance songs is uh one of my really good buddies Kenji herbert his mom um um I think as a hobby if I'm getting this correct Kenji might uh be shaking his head at me um <laughs> she she makes um I love Japanese watercolor and Chinese watercolors, but the the red stamps on the signatures at the end.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: She makes those for fun. Like she just does it. So I was like, man, could she do my last name? And my last name roughly translated um, from Japanese would be Bell Dance Songs. So I was like, man, that's a great band name. And so it was an outlet for me to finally work on being a sideman so much, I had the privilege of, of being like, I wouldn't do this song this way, or I would do it this way. Um, and so I took all those experiences and bam, just wrote a bunch of melodies and, um, and used it as an outlet to explore different ways of dealing with form, structure, time, melodicism, group interplay. And so after Amaranth, um, Amaranth was kind of a dream band of a lot of my friends that I was making music with over the past like 10 years. And it felt good to just get that music down. And um, after that record, I was kind of like, I I feel good. I I mean, those guys now all live all over the country. And it's it's hard and I've done different incarnations, but I felt good about just releasing that and kind of burying it. I was like, man, I feel good. If somebody wants my band to play, I could always be like, yeah, I could do that. Um, but I, in terms of, of an outlet, I felt like I I explored what I could with that. So this, this new record, it's a piano trio record and I play a little piano, but it's like been a dream of mine to do a piano trio record. And so coming around a, a year ago in November re, we tracked it right as I <laughs> knew I was getting divorced it was like <laughs> so it's kind of a, a pretty intense session and very cathartic though as I listened back I was with two of my really good friends and um right it's very personal music and uh yeah it came out beautifully and and it's a it's a it's a sonic palette I want to explore more and it's um Right now I'm waiting to hear if it's going to come out on the great label out of Austin, Texas called Astral Spirits. I'm waiting to hear about, about that right now. But um, yeah, it's just, I'm kind of following what what feels good. It's like, man, I really love Piano Trio. And um, since I write on piano and play it and I love it myself, and maybe it's a, a, a simple homage to my my grandmother who always played it and It's just a way for me to stay connected to that instrument. So um, yeah, and I I hope it comes out soon. I would rather have it come out sooner than later, but labels are a funny beast, so yeah. Yeah, certainly.
0: Well, very much looking forward to hearing it, my friend. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Looking forward to your compositions and uh, the ideas that you so uniquely uh, express to the listeners um, in uh, a piano trio because um, i don't know a whole lot of other uh, people doing things like that around here, so that's pretty awesome to,
1: yeah it's it's know. fun man like i I just you know i am just thankful to have incredibly creative uh friends around that are also willing to say yes <laughs> They're yeah. Like, yeah I'll do that man because <laughs> they were just talking like no i'm I'm okay i don't need to do that yeah but, um yeah it's 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 nice to To create the networks and to live a live a life in a way that you bring yourself into contact with really great people that way you know and I'm thankful for that uh you know yeah I and to be around those people that are like you should do that like yes do that get that out you know it's that's also part of uh the beauty of of these music communities too is having a lot of support from from your friends that way too when especially when you're like I don't know if I should do this and they're like you should do it man And you're like all right I'm gonna do it so absolutely yeah it's um it's a it's a cool
0: it's a unique approach and uh a, a, just a, a welcome avenue to I guess wherever you really uh uh land in or in the intersections of the music scene I mean it's something that I'm sure a lot of uh, music lovers and artists alike will connect with. So
1: yeah,
0: um, I hope so. Yeah. Be- <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about how you uh, got uh, involved with uh, Field Report.
1: Yeah, so I first met Chris um, Barry Clark, the bass player, I've known since middle school, and he is actually I think the the longest running musical partner I have how to adopt a highway yeah man Um, yeah I uh, I've known Barry since middle school and it was it's been so lovely Um, and so we met doing the Alverno uh, on uh, what is that series called we did the Marvin Gaye um, Tariq Moody was doing it oh my gosh Unlooped what is it I don't wow I'm just spacing on that but we met there to reimagine um a Marvin Gaye song and it was the birth then of this band we we're like wow that felt really great it was really free really beautiful it's my first time playing with Chris meeting him you know and so then from that we started this band Argo Pelter which then has uh, been playing every two Mondays at Boone and Crockett for like five years something like that and the shirt yeah i know mark waldock gave me this for christmas one year i was so thankful (laughs) um thank you mark yeah thank you mark um so yeah and then from there uh you know i watched them when they were touring marigolden and stuff and then when they were working on this new record, um, Summertime Songs, Chris was like, hey, man, would you want to do some gigs? And I was like, yeah, sure. What what's the music, you know? And he's like, oh, we have this new album. So he sent me the album and I, I was like, wow, this is, this is really rad. So I just learned the whole record and then we started rehearsing it. And that's how it kind of happened. We had some gigs out i don't know, Claire and then we had to go out to New York. And then, yeah did a few more tours and and then we just did that last record break like red tide that came out in april and we did that and um so that's kind of how the relationship started it started from just like us playing together and being like damn this is a vibe you know and like i i I, before i moved back i scoped chris out um on youtube because i was like oh i wonder who else is in milwaukee you know i don't know much of the music going on and I saw him doing some of these Stephen Foster songs and I was like, Oh man, this is like right up. Um, this is right up my alley. You know, this is like my, and I introduced him to my dad and my dad loves him a ton because they're of the same ilk. And mm-hmm. um, so that's how I met Chris and got to play with them. And it was, uh, I'm so thankful. He let, he let me play with, with him and his music. Cause I, I love his music a lot. And he, he really let me have my own voice in that. And um, that's part of his genius too, is he's a, He's a great collaborator, and he really wants you to find how how your world can work within his yeah know, so.
0: right yeah and that's uh that's a good way to look at like sort of like the synergistic nature of playing together and uh, the dynamic of the project and combining like what everyone has to bring to the table into something beautiful um, which. Every, every piece, you know, every piece is a unique piece. Right, right. So, yeah, every, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I know the record came out, um, yeah, this past spring. Um, um, are y'all, uh, have y'all been uh, working much together since then?
1: No, it's been, it's been like for, I think for everybody, pretty, um a lot of restructuring chris and his family moved um uh, yeah they moved and um you know with with i mean we released that record in april right at the height of the shut you know everything shutting down and it was just like you just saw everything starting to go away go away go away go away go away, go away. and you're like okay well this is just not the time to do anything you know so i think for everybody um I've been, we've all been in touch and actually Chris and Barry and myself, our band Argo Pelter is going to be having some music released soon. Cause we've been, oh. we took the entire beginning of the year. We've been going to wire and vice and doing sessions there. And so that stuff is about to come out into the world. But in terms of field report, I can't, I, I can't honestly say, I, I really know. I haven't checked in with Chris about that. Um, but it's something I'm, when i do see him i'll I'll ask him about but yeah i think everybody was just like uh, the world just made everybody be like whoa we gotta rethink what we're doing so and it it felt like good at that time too you know it felt for you know we just put all this time into this new record and i'm really proud of that record and it's just like well okay there's no touring so i guess like why don't we just take a break for a second just yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
0: uh, totally understandable and um yeah it's something that um most people that make music have had to cope with and, right. um, yeah i'm i'm excited to hear some argo pelter and what you guys right. have uh cooking in the kitchen
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it should be cool i mean it, it's it's interesting because that band has been purely based off of a performance practice which for me is my favorite environment i i I if I find a good working band, I want a steady gig somewhere and I want to have it be a workshop. I want to develop. I mean, that's that's such that's the best place to do it. Just do it on the stage, man, figure it out, you know, and so we really we've grown and we have evolved. And and the fact that Boone and Crockett was so great and crazy enough to be like, yeah, you guys can play here and completely improvise um, for two hours every other Monday. That's great. And we're like, okay, let's, let's do this then. So, um, and that puts pressure on us then because you're like, oh, shit, I got to make something up for, for two hours. I mean, we take a break, but like, you know, for essentially like an hour and 40 minutes worth of music. And um, it was beautiful, it, partially for us too. It was like, we wanted to build a community around that. And so like regulars would start coming out and then people that didn't even know that they liked improvised music would start coming. And they're like, this is cool. And so like, also part of me, like my mission is to to like, just cause it says improvised doesn't mean it, imp- improvisation is not a style. It's just a, it's a choice you're making. So we're improvising music from all of our passions whether it's like folk americana electronica drone uh minimalist uh so you can improvise anything but i think you know for some people it gets into like oh it's a style like you know and it's like but man we would have like you know some like straight business people coming up to us afterwards and being like that music was beautiful and you're just like dang all right you did it you crossed the fourth wall you know you're like you're there So I I love that project for that reason, you know, it was, it was, yeah, I miss it out out of a lot of the things I I miss playing there a lot for that reason, the community around it and um, the openness. So, yeah.
0: It's a wonderful feeling to win folks over with something you
1: made up on the spot. Right. Because yeah, most of the time people are like, what are you doing? (laughs) 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 Like, I'm going to go home now. I'm just like, what's going on here? But it puts a lot of pressure on you because you're like, well, what do I want to put into the world? You know, yeah, you
0: know, for sure. Totally. Um, yeah. So, um, but, and that comes with uh, um, trust that you build with uh, your, your musicians. Right. That, right. that definitely echoes into it. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is of course uh, uh, you're teaching, you are a drum okay. teacher and you have taught a number of uh, renowned drummers that are active in the music scene right now. Yeah. Um, would love to hear a little bit about when you started teaching and uh how far you've come with it
1: yeah wow yeah i um teaching was something i was never on my mind when i was going to berkeley and I, when i moved to new york i was just like man no i i just didn't think about any of that and so like for me um it kind of came in a very just non-committal planning way like i i was in this band and we would we'd be touring the country and stuff and we would do a lot of clinics at universities and <clears throat> high schools and I sometimes would always be on the lead of it and um one day the tenor saxophonist uh, we were in Germany and he's just like man I don't know what to do and so I just kind of like jumped in and just for two hours did this whole master class with, with all these kids and he's like shit man you're really good at this and I was like huh you know i guess i just i don't like downtime i it's like if i'm here with other humans i want to i want to get to work with humans like why are we here if we don't have a reason to be here let's not be here you know it's kind of cut and dry for me that way it's like if we know why we're here shit, we're gonna get some beautiful work done
0: oh yeah if we're
1: like i don't know why i'm here then we gotta we gotta dig a little bit right
0: so. if, if, if if it's intentional
1: yes if it's intentional so i then um it, so I was doing that. And then when I moved back to Milwaukee, part of part of me growing up was like, well, you know what, I'm going to try to like teach and and, and I want to try to figure out how to support myself teaching. And I want to, I, I like it. And I, I want to see if what that's like. So um, boy, thank you to all the students that studied with me my first year or two here, because it was like, wow, I had to reverse engineer, like how I learned and like how to teach and teaching is an improvisatory art form too and it's like holy cow there's all these things and then also like how do I teach what do what is my how do I want to interact with another human so um, in the past eight years I've been back now I, I I'm learning every day my students are my greatest teachers that way because if I'm not clear they're going to be like what are you talking about or if they don't work at something or if I give 10 students the same thing, I have 10 opportunities to see how the mind is going to work, you know, and that's the beauty. I don't want any of my students to ever sound like me. I don't want them to sound like each other. What I care about is working with them on an individual basis to be like, what do you want to do? And I tell them, I don't care if you want to be professional musicians. That's not, which this should be about. This should be about what are you trying to achieve so that you feel, great in the present with who you are as a person. Like, look, you can accomplish anything you want. And maybe here are some tools and strategies or ways to think in order to achieve that. And for most people, when they worked with me, I'm going to be the first person they've ever encountered. That's like, man, you don't sound that good. And I have, because I've had people tell me that I'll probably still have people tell me that, but I feel safe saying that because I know what it sounds like to sound bad. So I hear people and I'm just like, wow, that, man, that sounds like you're not together. Do you know what you're doing? And if they're like, no. And I'm like, that's where we will start the lesson. What would you like to do? And I'm watching your hands or I'm listening to your sound. And I'm like, Man, it just kind of sounds all over the place and they're like yeah i feel that way and i'm like yeah i you see the, directly how you feel is what is going to happen right so let's try to the instrument is this holistic thing it's a it's a reflection as i'm talking to you the drums are just sitting there so i choose what the drums will do but if i listen to the drums they will help inform me about touch about feeling about choice so yeah teaching I, and i and i teach all levels i, I teach way beginners and I've and I've worked with like professional drummers and um and semi-professional or people that are like yeah trying to get back into it and uh each one is I treat them all the same too some sometimes if if they're if they're already established I might be a little bit tougher on them yeah because sometimes there might be a little bit more ego involved and sometimes people don't like to be told they're not good at something (laughs) but I'm like but i'm like man what's your standard what are you trying to do what you want to go impress people at your neighborhood bar that's cool but say that that I, just say that though because that then will help you actually be humble yep. that'll help you navigate because look man we're all trying to figure this thing out but at least what i've been fortunate with is having a creative spirit so i've sought out some master teachers and people i'm still taking lessons with my heroes right now because i'm not satisfied with myself i'm like well i have a question about this and so how are my students supposed to get better if i'm just sitting back coasting no 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 and i'm thankful that i perform too i think in order to be a great teacher you should be performing at some capacity because you need to be testing yourself You need to be like, is this beat I'm telling some kid to work on? Do I actually know why? Or like, you know, a lot of people come and study technique and hands with me. And um, yeah, I mean, I need to, I I work on my hands a lot because I care about how people sound. The stick is the medium. So you got to work on your body and the signals that you're sending. So like but that doesn't always make you a good drummer either. You know, it's like sometimes kids want to work on one thing so much and then they forget about the music they like. And I'm like, we need to work on more music. So it's kind of, for me, I, when I work with people, it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act of like, what are you trying to do? You know, I'm not, I'm not like a, I don't believe in a Jack of all trade. That's not me. I'm horrible at that. Like you call me to go do a funk gig. I'll do my thing but i'm not the dude to like call for that you know yes. like i just and I'm and i'm comfortable saying that though and i'm not scared to say that you know because i'm like i want the dude that wakes up and is like i'm ready to get funky like i want that dude i want that guy i want to that's the, the and i tell my students this why should i pay money to come see you and they sit there and they stare at me like i don't know and i'm like well i'm not gonna come to your show i'll come to your show because i you know you're my student but you should think about that. Why should I, why should I, why you? How are you going to change my world? Yeah. And if you don't know, then think about that. You want to play this professionally? And, you know, like, I, I think I, um, I think, you know, some of the people who have studied with me and like, you know, when, when I've asked them hard questions, I, st- I and I see they put the work in, they start playing more. They start, they start playing more. And I'm not saying maybe that's a direct result of me, but um, sometimes they will say that, and it's something I take a lot of pride in because I'm like, I'm trying to focus you. Yeah. Who gives a shit that you're playing drums? Right. Nobody cares that I play yeah. drums. Nobody. How are? How is it
0: going to become an authentic experience yes. for both yourself and the people you're playing
1: for? Yes, and that's what that's what I mean. And sometimes I I am a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm constant I'm still practicing. I'm 34, you know. And sometimes when I get guys that are 18, 17 or in their 20s that aren't willing to put the work in, I'm kind of like, "Well, I don't know what to tell you, man. This is you have to think about the marathon. You have to think about is this something you want in your life because it makes you feel connected to life? Or what are you doing? If you yeah. don't want to practice this, then don't do it, but then figure out what you would like to do and make some, then make some space for people that actually want to do it. That's right, yeah. yeah and that's, that's all because my teachers begged me for clarity. They would like, man, I studied with this legendary drummer, Bob Moses. Bad dude. I remember one day in a lesson, he stopped me and he was like, what are you doing? I'll just always remember how he said it and how he looked at me because he played with everybody from Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea, Wayne Short. He's, He's like a jazz legend. He's played with everybody and the weight of all of those experiences just like hit me and I was like damn okay so this isn't this isn't a joke to some people you know and so Even if you're like, you know what? I want to play in a garage band. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Let's get you, let's at least get you sounding good. So you're like, I like playing this beat. And yeah, 10 people can play that beat, but you love it. That's what I care about, man. That's what I care about. That's what I care about to a heartbeat. I care that I'm going to work with somebody that gives a shit about themselves.
0: Yeah, there's a personality behind the kit when Mm -hmm. that beat is going down
1: yes and, and uh, that they're uh, willing to work on it they're willing to work at their love and i you know i've seen some people that didn't work at it and they they'll you know maybe i'll see them a few years later and they're like man i, I wish i worked harder when i was with you, you and know, i was I'm, like man that's not my problem because the time you weren't working hard i was working hard yeah. because i was in your position but you just came to it later yeah, You know, I tell people that all the time. It's like, it's your choice, man. It really is. I'm trying to give you shit that master drummers passed on to me. And if you want to do it, that's cool, man. But if you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to work at it. I'm like, well, that's that's not the drums problems. Then that's like you aligning yourself with like, were you serious in the first place? Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and and life happens. I totally get that. But man, like, like I said, just then know what you are and know what you're trying to do and, and put that energy into the world. You know, yeah. that's what I care about, you know, is, and maybe that my whole mission with teaching is clarity. You know, it's just like, okay, if there's a rhythm in front of you, let's play what that is and let's develop understanding of what that is. Yeah. I don't care that you can play it, great. Yeah, that's why we're here. So you can play it. But do you understand it? And can you see that and open it up on Tuesday, and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and do it again, and again, and again, you're like, yeah, I can do that forever. That's what I mean. And, and that's, um, that's what I've loved about teaching right now is, I feel more as I've honed it in, I, I send a, um, a questionnaire to people. Uh, to if they if I feel like I can teach them or if if I'm a good fit and the first question is like what are your goals and uh, the next questions uh, pertain to what are your fears in music and in life and what are what are your perceived strengths and weaknesses and um, what do you want to get better at and why do you want to study with me all factors of clarity right and the my favorite thing in most humans is to read the the hypocrisy that plagues all of us when i read what their strengths and weaknesses are and then what they need to get better at it's like a flip it's like did you just read what you wrote you said you were really good at this but then you're like i really want to work on this it's like that's the thing you said you were good at so did you lie yeah. you know like that's why i love these question sheets when i get them from people cuz i'm just like this i and i ask them i'm like this is what you wrote yeah <laughs> but then you said here you wanted to get better at it so is that a real strength or are you just bullshitting me or are you bullshitting yourself like right you know so that's what i love is to work with somebody and be like hey man it's okay to say you don't know something it's okay right yeah. how are you going how are you ever going to grow if you're just like man i don't know
0: right yeah you know, the more you pretend to know, the more fragile you are. And uh, Oh man. Yeah. Like, and you know, that's, that's a mentality that you, that you typically, most people are capable of maturing out of that over time as, as humility continues to appear in their life. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I really uh, admire your um, your outlook and your own philosophies behind uh, teaching and uh, um, and enriching the experience because someone could I mean I've been seeing this meme that's been going around lately that's like describe what you do really poorly to people and uh, and it's like um, for my for me I said I write words about sounds. That's what I said. but for a drummer you could just list, you could literally just say, "I hit things." Right. <laughs> like right. You know, right I hit things. but you know, which is is kind of interesting to think about like, yeah, you are, in essence, you are um, uh, uh, you are striking things in a, a, a rhythmic pattern and uh, but like, what can you do? to make that authentic and have personality and have mm-hmm. um excitement and uh, and make it so it's an emotionally gratifying experience for yourself right. for your teacher for the people that are going to hear you for the people that haven't heard you yet um That's what I think we can all think about in how we express ourselves creatively is like, how can you turn and otherwise, because like you said, I mean, the drums aren't going to play themselves. They're going to be there either way. Similarly, this computer screen is going to be here, whether I'm doing this podcast or not. (laughs) But how can you utilize your expertise, your continued ambition to learn, as well as, um the admittance of where you can still improve, right. how you can culminate all of that into something that is artful, that is genuine, and that is, you know, curious about right. what the hell you can do with this whole thing. Right. And that's what, you know, that's what expression is, is all about at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, I, whether, whether it's one medium or another, it translates.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to, my only thought about that is sometimes when my students have doubts about pursuing things, I say, "Well, just think about what would what kind of life you would like to live and what you're okay with. What are you willing to sacrifice for that? And sacrifice doesn't mean, need to be this like, oh, I, like I gave up all these things. It's like it doesn't really have to be that. It just might be like, you know, what are you willing? What is frivolous to you that you could shed?" in order to live this and maybe are you willing to live a life where you might go with the flow a little more who knows are you patient are you not patient i don't know like are you a go-getter maybe you should try it a little bit i mean i'm trying that stuff like it's it's like are you willing to live a life of process or as if if i was to just say it out loud are you actually willing to just go live your damn life and not be so frightened by a decision Like just like kind of back to what we're saying, go to a show by yourself. Go, I don't know, go, go, (laughs) go to the library and go find a book by an author you have no idea about. It's the same impetus. It's the same spark that would drive you to have a moment in your life where you're, where that you feel alive, that those moments do matter, you know? And that's, that's the only thing I can say about it is like, man, when I work with people or when I see them, I just want to know that when they, they're hitting the drum, they're, they're telling their story through it in the context of whatever they're in and that um, they're willing to, to share that and know that it's an evolving process. You know? right. and, um, and even for them that don't pr- go on, at least for a moment, I can be one person who put uh, like a post in the ground that I was like, hey man, I was the one person on that journey for you that believed in you and showed you that you could do these things and that nobody's truly alone on this path. I think that's what keeps me going. It's like, nobody's alone on this. Nobody is. There's always people, it's just when you choose to like ask for help or when you choose to be like, hey man, I I don't know this. And I'm like, cool, let me help you out, you know? And that's that's how I see my role as an educator and as a teacher is like, I want people to have the same advantages. Now, whether they would like those advantages for themselves, like I said, that's not, I would lose sleep over that, but that's something where I'm like, that's their choice, but I want them to know they have a cheerleader for them. Like being like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm here. Let's do this. If you yeah. want to do it, I'm down, you know, right. um, but show me
0: that you want to do it. Yeah. You
1: know? Because yeah. that's going to take you farther. I'm not going to take you farther. I have to, I, you know, I have to keep teaching out of my house. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't go with you, you know, like you got to do it. So, right for sure but yeah
0: thank yeah. you so much devin for being Thanks on the exactly. show tonight i appreciate
1: um, you man thank you i
0: appreciate you too this is a lot of fun uh enjoy talking to you yeah likewise okay. on our way out here the two questions i ask everyone at the end yeah. what keeps you
1: up at night <laughs> oh man what keeps me up at night that that i didn't that i didn't do my best during the day
0: oh yeah that'll eat
1: me alive. Yep. <laughs> <so. laughs> uh
0: yeah what uh well on the flip side what puts you to sleep
1: Hmm. uh i try to now read or watch uh, i just got the criterion channel streaming service so i i try to replace um any social media things or um uh, filler with either a really good movie or reading that's what i that's my and yeah that's my rule
0: that's a that is a a solid uh discipline to have
1: yep these, it's been great I, yeah man yeah totally
0: um thank you again so much hey. for being on the show man
1: thank it's you really Ben. Good. look forward to
0: seeing you in the future man yes likewise <laughs> for everyone watching we got a uh, Devin drop because uh uh new record coming out soon i oh, looking forward to that uh we have new argo pelter coming out soon as well and uh yeah uh if you ever uh you uh play drums care about (laughs) drums and want to get better at drums devin's your guy um thank you for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time all right take care